Hello, this is episode 233 and in it, I continue my conversation with Jeremy Spencer from Positive Footprints. This is actually part two of my conversation with Jeremy, all about creating a sustainable, energy efficient and carbon zero home. So if you haven't already listened to episode 232, which included part one of my conversation with Jeremy, be sure to pause this podcast now. Don't listen to episode 233 yet. Go back and listen to 232 and part one of the conversation and then you can come back to this episode once you do. We'll still be here. In this episode, Jeremy's actually sharing more information on how to choose a sustainable builder and also how to consider various choices in your home to radically improve its energy efficiency and its performance overall. And I can't wait to bring it with, to you. So remember, if you'd like to grab a full transcript of this episode, plus information on all the resources that we discuss, you can do that by heading to www.undercoverarchitect.com forward slash 233. That's the numbers 233. Now, let's dive in. I begin by acknowledging the traditional owners of country throughout Australia and I recognise the continuing connection to lands, waters, skies and communities. I pay my respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures and to elders both past and present. If we haven't met before, I'm Amelia Lee. Based in northern New South Wales, Australia, I'm a wife, mum and architect and I've worked in the architectural industry for over 27 years now. Having worked on over 250 projects, mainly residential family homes, as well as significantly renovating three homes of my own with my hubby, whilst our three kids were babies, toddlers, and even older, I have a personal and professional understanding of the joy, challenges, stresses, and excitement of making your family home a reality. In mid-2014, I started Undercover Architect, and it's an online business to help and teach homeowners like you how to get it right when designing, building, and renovating your family home. Undercover Architect is all about giving you access to the industry knowledge and insights you need to avoid the mistakes and dramas that can cost you thousands, tens of thousands and even hundreds of thousands of dollars. And it's about levelling the playing field so that the world of renovating and building doesn't seem so mysterious and you can be the active driver in your project, navigating it with know-how and confidence. Undercover Architect helps and teaches homeowners through this podcast, the website, and our online courses and programs, including my flagship program, Home Method. I truly believe that when you know the questions to ask, the steps to take, and the best way to create a home that works, feels great, and that you feel great in, you can enjoy the process of building and renovating, as well as the home that you move into at the end of this ambitious journey. Consider Undercover Architect your secret ally, whoever you're working with and whatever your location, your budget or your dreams. Grab access to my free online workshop, Your Project Plan, and learn super helpful information to save time, money and stress in your reno or new build. You can find it at undercoverarchitect.com forward slash project plan. That's P-R-O-J-E-C-T-P-L-A-N. Now, let's get on to the episode. Now, I want to get straight into this conversation and uh, pretty much pick up where we left off. But before we jump into part two of my conversation with Jeremy Spencer, I just want to remind you about him and his business. So for almost 20 years, Jeremy's been a registered builder, thermal assessor and a director at design and build company Positive Footprints. And Positive Footprints is actually driven by two directors. There's Jeremy as the builder and his wife, Chi Lu, as the designer. And the aim of Positive Footprints is to firstly build beautiful houses that are as low impact as possible and make sustainable housing mainstream 
dream in the building industry and to make owning a high-performing house easy by combining environmentally sustainable design and construction within the one company. As well as being an educator and a former green living lecturer in an early life, Jeremy is a founding member of Builders Declare and he currently sits on the Design Matters Board, the Sustainability Hub and the Nathurst Stakeholder Consultative Group. He is a very busy man and clearly very passionate about the work that he does and about making sustainable design accessible to as many people as possible. Now, this episode kicks off with me jumping back to a point that Jeremy actually made in part one of our conversation or episode 232, where he spoke about heat pump air conditioning. With space conditioning comprising 43% of a home's energy use, making an efficient selection for your air conditioning can make a huge difference for your home overall. And you'll hear Jeremy explain really well about how to make the best choice in this regard. As a reminder, remember that you can grab a free PDF transcript of this episode, plus all the links to the resources that we mentioned by heading to undercoverarchitect.com forward slash 233. That's the numbers 233. When I've seen you speak in the past, you've used an energy pie that shows how the home's energy consumption works across the different areas and space heating ends up being around 43% of the home's energy use. What with the heat pump air conditioning unit? Because like you said, there were times where air conditioning was just not a go at all. Um, And obviously now it's much more in alignment with if you are going to do space heating and cooling, air conditioning is a better choice than using a gas fire or hydronic heating or those kinds of things from a sustainability point of view. How, how, where have you arrived at for that heat pump air conditioning unit and and what can you share in terms of it being a good sustainable choice for people if they are going to air condition their homes? So air conditioners have come a long way in the last 10 years. Um, They no longer run just at maximum speed. They have inverter technology, so they can ramp down and ramp up quite easily whenever they need to. And they're just more efficient at at what they do. And to give you uh, some sort of perspective for people listening at home, the most efficient that a gas heater can potentially be is 100%. So you you burn your gas um, outside in the furnace, and if your ducting was 100% efficient and didn't lose any heat to the under underfloor or to the attic and gets all that heat into the house, that would be 100%. So the, your modern air conditioners are now at least 300% and higher. So some are 400%, and some are 500% pushing 600% efficient. Now that sounds absolutely balmy. How can something be 600% efficient, right? <laughs> um, it's because they are not making heat. They're just shifting it. They shift it. And, and sometimes they're called heat shifters, heat pumps, heat shifters, the split systems. Um, they've got a motor on the outside. They've got a head unit on the inside. And they are just taking heat out of the air. They run a very cold refrigerant through the outdoor unit. That refrigerant is like at minus 40 or something. Uh, They blow air across it. So it might be zero degrees the the air, but compared to minus 40, it's hot, right? So that heat goes into the refrigerant. It goes through a compressor and the compressor squashes it. You know, whenever you you squash gas, if you've ever pumped up a bicycle tire, you're squashing that that as you're pumping and it's getting really hot, that bottom where you're holding your hand. Um, So you squash that refrigerant it gets really hot, that heat comes out and, it, and it's now really hot, the, the refrigerant in the pipe next to the indoor unit and it blows across those little pipes and blows that heat out into the room. And it might take a kilowatt hour of energy to run it for an hour, 
But while it's running that cycle from the inside to the outside, it's just taking heat from the outside and bringing inside. It can take up not just one kilowatt hour of heat, it will transport three, four, five kilowatt hours of heat. And in cooling mode, it just does the exact opposite. It just takes it from the inside of the house and takes it to the outside. So it can supply your heating and cooling needs much more efficiently than, than anything else. And the other thing, if you've got a little bit of mass in your house and you've got solar panels on your roof, you can start thinking of your house a bit like a battery and you can say, okay, um, I'm making heaps of power with my solar panels during the day. What can I do with it? Okay, let's, um, let's start preheating the home. I know it's going to be a hot day today. So as soon as the sun comes out, I'm going to put the aircon on um, and I'm going to cool the mass in my house. And of course, I've insulated really well. So as soon as the sun goes down, let's turn that off again and the house stays nice and cool. And the same thing in, in winter. It's a nice day in, during the middle of winter. Let's put into heating out the house. As soon as the sun turns off, you know, that'll, that'll hold well and easily through the night if you insulate and do, do things right. Um, and you can take the same approach. Um, the heat pump hot water, uh, we just change the settings so that it heats during the day. So when the solar panels are making their stuff, that's when the heat flows into the water there. Uh, if you do have a car, you can do exactly the same thing. If it's home during the day, you can charge it. And coming 2025 or so, um, vehicle to house, vehicle to grid technology, the protocols are supposed to be coming out around then. Wow. And that might change everything again. We'll, we'll now have a huge capacity mo um, a battery sitting in, a, in our car. And uh, we can, you know, we can use that. Excess power can go into that. And then at nighttime, we can, you know, drain off the car. Yeah. Not drain it completely, everybody. Don't get yeah, scared. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Feels like George Jetson, doesn't it? <laughs> but it's just yeah, amazing yeah. to think what's possible. So, and um, yeah, I, I love that there is a, um, you know, one of the things I think we struggle with as architects and designers and builders is how we can help our homeowners future-proof their homes to a certain extent. And so the fact that you're actually considering that PV um, cell capacity in terms of uh, the the, I mean, many would say, gosh, do I only need five or six kilowatts to run my whole house? Because most people will probably be thinking that they need 15 kilowatts and mm. those kinds of things. But obviously the work that you do to lower the operational uh, requirements of the home to then lower what um, solar capacity you need to actually run the house then builds up that extra bank of things that you can then dedicate to additional uses okay. like having the car in the future and um, offsetting the, the embodied energy in the home. So it's really exciting as a concept to think about. And I, I really um, am grateful that you've taken us through it in such detail because uh, that 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 thing of thinking about well it's, I've just got to choose what I've got to choose and that's what I can do um, but if you do have the capacity to add extra cells to your roof and things like that there's opportunities for you to be able to um, to pay back the house in other ways and uh, you know it was some a couple of years ago I had Lucy Best from the Moreland Energy Foundation on the podcast and she was talking about how important it is we actually think as homeowners rather than just trying to create standalone houses that we are supplying our own energy and we don't really care about what goes on around us as long as we're, you know, dealing with what we're using. Instead, if we can actually look at how can we supplement what's going in in the grid, lower the need for other people to have to use fossil fuel burning, um, you know, source of energy and really raising the percentage that we get from renewable sources into our energy grid. It has this onflow effect on our infrastructure, on the investment in the infrastructure, you know, and on the, the certain of the energy supply the cost of the energy supply yeah. it's just you know as it benefits so many people so mm. and australia is actually leading the world in this technology in, in distributive um you know um, 
photovoltaics and feeding it in and 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 putting batteries in the grid and um you know come on australia we can do it we can we can get some technology out there and then sell it to the rest of the world why not yeah <laughs> for sure <laughs> <laughs> now um uh the i just wanted to touch on you mentioned using the nathurs energy rating tools we, we also know that coming up in potentially if the national construction code changes come through in september we're going to be looking at whole of house um assessment can you just talk through and give a little bit of insight um into you obviously do the nathurs at the point of design and then do you do another one later to do your um to do to do one for approval or how you know how many times do you do that assessment how does that work through and are you doing a whole of house anyway as part of that or you know how how are people going to start wrapping their heads around that whole of house assessment as part of this yeah so i'm i'm, I'm actually really excited by whole house i'm even more so for, for those people who, who don't know proposed in in the national construction code is that two things one that we go from six star minimum to a seven star minimum Yay! <laughs> <laughs> it's only been 10 years in the making yeah, yeah that's right it, it, look, it's been a long time and um i know uh i know there's a lot of people out there designers and uh, builders who have homes that are just getting over the six star mark who are very nervous don't worry it's a matter of bringing out the education um because a lot of this can be dissolved in design. We don't need to go fancier and fancier, ever fancier and expensive windows. It's a design issue. Um, so the whole of house, what is proposed in the whole of house part of that is sort of what I was, what we already do. So we've been operating in a whole of house type way for a long time. And I have my own whole of house um, spreadsheet that I've you know, worked on over the years to, to sort of quantify for myself where the benefits lie in things. And really NatHERS is just doing that, but obviously, uh, you know, to a much uh, more legitimate and scientific degree than what I do. However, um, I, I'm, because I'm a builder as well, builders like rules of thumb. So I like to work to rules of thumb because then I don't have to calculate things every time. But rules <laughs> of thumb are pretty good um, most of the time. Anyway, that little thing aside. Uh, so hold of home, what does it include? It includes benchmark products for these categories for heating and cooling. Um, I think it's the benchmark product is going to be a three-star ducted heat pump uh, system for the house. And so um, what you will need to do is to actually meet at least that level of performance under whole of house. Now there is, a, an, a, I'll, I'll go to the next one, first of all, um, for hot water, the benchmark product, oh, this is a hard one. I think it's a five-star gas uh, heater. Anyway, there, there's a benchmark product for, for each category. And those categories are in heating and cooling, hot water, um, lighting. It's just how many watts per square meter of lighting you put in. Uh, pool pumps, if you have a pool, and then photovoltaics as well. And what you can do within these appliances, you can say, well, I've only put in a two-star uh, heating and cooling system, so I'm a bit under there. But for my hot water, I put in a you know five-star uh, hot water heat pump system, so you know I'm above on on that one. And you can sort of do a little bit of trade-off, but you're not allowed at all. You can say oh, I'm going to be under on all of them, but I put a really good solar system on my roof, and so I'm going to make up that way. So there's a little bit of you can muck with it a little bit as long as your total energy use 
um, for those appliances is above the average, what they, what they say is the average. You're not allowed to trade off against the seven stars. So the seven stars will stay, you've got to make that mark, but you can you know, trade off a little bit amongst those appliances. Now, why this is a good thing? This is such a good thing because if, if you actually look at it, it's the appliances that you use energy for. You're building shell as, as good as you can get it and we'll limit the amount of heating and cooling. It doesn't actually, once you make it, doesn't use any energy. It just sort of sits there doing its thing. It's the appliances where the energy gets used in the home. So if we can bring the major appliances into the, uh, the NatHERS system, then they start to get measured and what gets measured can get managed. Um, and you, the, the great thing about, I've, I've seen a couple, well, I've seen the, the Accurate software, the prototype and the, uh, the Sustainability Victoria prototype tool. The Sustainability Victoria one is, is more finished and it's, and it's fantastic and really easy to use. And what it will give you at the end, it will break down for you how much energy you're using, where is it going? how much that's gonna cost you in the different areas, in hot water and space heating each year to run, uh, lighting, cooking, uh, they do cooking as well, as well, uh, and how much it's gonna to cost to run and how much greenhouse gas you're generating overall, and they break it down for the different areas. And what this gives, it gives the builder the ability at point of sale to say, well, you know, if we put in a, uh, you know, uh, an, an efficient heat pump hot water, for instance, Okay, it's going to cost you two thousand extra, but look, I've run this. I've run the simulation. It's going to be four hundred dollars a year. You're going to be saving on doing that. Do you want to do it? And then it's up to the homeowner, and it will also um, answer that question for the home. Well, you can even do: Should I go double glazing? That's another thing. Should I go double glazing? Is it worth the money? Well, you could run your thermal performance part of the assessment because that gets fed into the whole of house. The thermal performance gets fed into the whole of house, so you can run it with single glazing and see how much energy your house takes to run. And you can run it with double glazing and see what the difference is and homeowner can make a choice. Um, and it will also answer that question for the homeowner, how much PV panels do I need to put on if I actually wanted to break even, what would I have to do? And so a lot of people are interested in that. And this will be a tool that can answer that question. So it's really, you know, it's quite exciting from that point of view. Um, it's sort of the last, well, it's the second last piece of the puzzle. I'd love to see a similar tool for embodied carbon, but it's it's for operational energy and getting to a net zero operational energy for the industry. We now have all the technology we need. We now have a, a calculation tool that will work it out for us um, and explain the benefits to the, uh, to the owner potentially. All that we need to do now is we just need to roll out the education to everybody on how to do it. And how to construct so that the houses perform as per the energy rating you know, on the ground. Um, and that's hard, it's a big industry, but it's not undoable. It's definitely something that can change. And, and I feel that there's a, a zeitgeist within the, um, the broader community for let's do it, let's get this happening. You know, we, we, we've all know that we've got to do it. So the sooner we start, the better. Yeah, I think... Um... I, I think you're right. And I, sometimes I wonder, because um, I do feel like sometimes there's two marketplaces of people who still want to build the, the most amount of home for the least amount of money and sustainability is not even a factored into there. Mm. And then there's those who want to pursue a sustainable home and just trying to do that in an affordable way. Um, I'm wondering if, uh, if we can have a chat, because you've obviously got, you know, 
positive footprints is not just a design build business. There's obviously you've got your off the plans that you can, you know, your, your, um, your nine star series, you've got um, ready-made plans that you can purchase and build with you. You've um, also got all the energy reporting that you do, you know, and it's, and the amount of education that you do, Jeremy, in the, in the industry and the roles that you play in the industry, you're obviously a very busy man with a lot on his plate, but still very passionate about getting this information into the hands of as many people as possible. Mm -hmm. And I, I can see how accessible you want to make it for homeowners. Do you feel like, do you feel like the pull of that challenge of their feeling like there's two industries where there is an industry that is just feeding that, we can give you all of this house for, you know, under a thousand dollars a square meter who gives a crap about the climate, you know, like versus, you know, everybody else who's then having to shoulder, you know, much higher square meter costs and those kinds of things to build a sustainable home. How do you reconcile that personally in terms of, of your understanding of the industry and do you see it that way or that is that not how you see it? Mm. So this this is the age-old question really of, of how do we get everyone into homes that perform well and from a um just a social justice point of view if you're looking at the the the, the less well the, the, the poorer in the society it's not really fair that they be in homes that cost a hell of a lot to run and maybe cost enough that they decide to turn off the power and suffer that heat wave and, and have the health consequences and potentially the fatalities of that. Um, so we do need minimum standards. I, I would say that um, over the last 20 years, myself and a hell of a lot of people have been leading and showing what is possible. And they've been pushing and pushing. And um, those concept of what is possible has now come into the building code or it's coming into the building code if you look at the um the trajectory for low energy buildings which is the roadmap that the national construction code has to follow and that's the reason why we have these proposed energy efficiency changes in the national construction code that document is outlining that by 2030 all homes will be net zero ready that is, they have an efficient shell and they have an efficient appliances in them, um, such that if you put photovoltaics or some other renewable energy source onto it, it could be a net zero building. And that is what the industry needs. They need a raising of the minimum floor because the reason that you get your project homes competing against each other on per square metre prices um, and, you know, they're, they're competing on how does the place look? And then how much is it per, per square metre? And that makes perfect sense because it's there's no requirement for them to do anything as far as energy efficiency. It's just extra cost that can't be seen and can't be really quantified at the moment. Um, and so it's just a race to the bottom from an energy efficiency point of view. But now we do have a way of potentially seeing it once we get this whole of home tool. And if the, the legislation is there that we're all got to go to this minimum net zero ready home, not necessarily net zero, net zero ready. Well, the project homes, they're not going to be worried about it because it's the same rule for everyone. They just want an even playing field. And then they will still fight for, um, you know, who can do the, 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 the cheapest to pull that off and also include energy efficiency. And just perhaps as energy efficiency becomes um, more of a desirable thing, 
just perhaps they will also start competing on that. Imagine it. Um, oh, wow. <laughs> it's exciting to think about it. <laughs> it's super exciting. And what, what do they need to do? They don't need to do much, right? That the, 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 if you want to put heating and cooling into a home, a, a, heat, a reverse cycle air conditioner is the cheapest way to do it, right? If you want, um, instead of banks of downlights, have some lights that hang into room. Again, it's cheaper than putting in banks of downlights and you have a tighter structure, it's going to perform better. Uh, hot water, okay, hot water is a bit more expensive going to a hot water heat pump. But now you can show with the software the reason for it. And you can trade off between things so they can work out the, the most cost-effective way to meet, uh, you know, meet the minimum standard. And then it's really just a matter of teaching the trades how to install insulation properly, you know, how to tape everything together so it's reasonably tight, how to use plaster as a, as a tightness membrane in, in the house. Um, so it's just education that needs to, needs to run out. And I think there's been a huge change already in the amount of knowledge out there and the way that people are doing things. And I think with some actual targeting information, and, and I'm so, this is why I'm excited. Um, I'm excited because, uh, so I work with Design Matters National, which is the National uh, Designers and Film Performance Assessors Association, one of them. Um, they are working with Sustainable Victoria and with um, the South Australian government through the National Energy Efficiency Plan. Oh, I can't remember what it is. Either way, it's government departments coming to them and saying, let's make uh, education for builders on how to do this stuff. And so um, we're doing a seven-star whole-of-house design program with South Australia, which I'm helping to write. Um, uh, sorry, with, uh, with Sustainable Victoria. And the other one is a, is a full net zero builders program, which I basically just brain dump everything that I know, <laughs> uh, in, including how to go completely to a carbon zero or true carbon zero outcome. Uh, we look thinking about embodied carbon and how to work with that. Oh my gosh. How far away is all of that? This year, hopefully. In fact, <laughs> in fact, in fact, in fact the, the sustainability Victoria stuff has already started through the HIA and the master builders. Yes. Um, they are, they are hosting it and we've already done one for the master build uh, for the HIA. Um, but with there's, there's 12, anyone listening, um, they're free. If you're in Victoria, uh, there's 12 different locations. Well, no, there's 12 different presentations in different locations around Victoria um where you can come and see me in person if you want to <laughs> oh that sounds amazing and I think um uh because what what a lot of homeowners struggle with is how do they find a builder who knows how to do all of this properly who knows how to you know oversee the installation of insulation so that it's done effectively because we don't have that as built measure and I know it's why a lot of homeowners who hear about passive house for the first time go oh wow passive house sounds amazing because at least I know then it's been built as per the design and yeah. somebody's had to demonstrate that it's been built that way. Um, so the fact that, you know, you're looking at training builders in how to do um, net zero homes and to be able to understand how to train their own trades to build effectively is, is there in terms of a couple of things for homeowners to be aware of that you would, and I imagine you as a builder too, you know, you include them as part of your protocol for always building this way. Mm. Are there specific things that a homeowner should specify or include to, or, you know, look for a builder who's doing so that they know that they're going to get some of the benefits of all of that design work uh, in terms of understanding the whole of house and energy mm. use and those kinds of things into mm. actual construction? 
Very good question. Um, it's a big question. And it I'm is. Thanks for that, Amelia. <laughs> no, it gives me it gives me an opportunity to talk a little bit about um, builders declare. First of all, I would say this is a tip for homeowners. Um, we've started uh, a little while ago. I was one of the founding members for Builders Declare, and Builders Declare bring out webinars. They've got a podcast uh, as well called. Can I mention it? Yes, <laughs> called, go called, for it. I've mentioned it before. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Thank you very much. Um, called called Builders Yak, and I put out through uh, Facebook and Instagram just tips, um, a couple of tips every week. Uh, so that will already start putting your head in the right place and give you a little bit of understanding about what I'm suggesting to other builders so that uh, you'll be talking the right lingo and, um, and knowing what the issues are. So, um, so that's a good start. Now, as far as choosing a builder, you know, one thing I love about uh, Passive House, and I've got lots of Passive House friends, and uh, Passive House can do, can also, there's no reason why Passive House can't be a true zero home as well. In fact, in, in a lot of ways, they've already got a, a, a head up. They just need to sort of go to the next level of calculating the embodied carbon and, and that sort of thing. Um, but what I love about Passive House is that they, this is why they're successful. They teach builders how to do it. They inspire builders that what they're doing makes a big difference. And then the builder puts himself out there as a passive house builder. And guess what? There is as built verif verification that they've got to get that number on the dial. And, and so their, you know, their pride is on the line. And that's what, there's, there's no reason we can't take that same, the, that same secret source and apply it to, to NatHers. Um, and, and that's one of the reasons I think our, our buildings perform well is because I guess we take that, <laughs> our, our name is on the line even more because we design it as well, right? We promise them right from the start. There's no one, I can't even point my finger at the designer because she'll slap me. <laughs> she knows uh, where you live. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, she knows where I live. And, and uh, I won't win a court case against her. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so what was the question? Oh, yes. So what should the, uh, what, so, so one thing is to look for builders and, and social media is a great place to see what builders are talking about. And if you've got builders there who are proud about their, their energy efficiency, well, they're probably already into it and they're probably good ones to start talking to, to, um, to get on board. The other thing you can do, uh, if you want, Design Matters National, I did a series with them last year. It'll be on their back catalogue and you can access it as a general you know, lay public. Um, they you know, pay for it. But um, it was how to detail plan so the builder builds it to perform. It was a two-part series and it goes through, it walks you through standard construction, where buildings fail, what to do about it, what information you need to put on the plans. It had a thermal performance checklist for the builder to follow at, at each stage, frame stage, lockup stage, fixed stage, what they need to be thinking about to get a high performance construction from standard construction practice. Um, and it's, it, it, it's sort of a tick, tick list. And at the end of it, it also does have a, a requirement for the builder to do a blower door test and get some thermal imaging done. And in fact, I present it as a way, this is, um, this is actually not, should not be seen as arduous for builders. What it should be seen is a risk management strategy for builders because we're now into an, into an era of, of performance as a criteria. And if you say that you're gonna do you know, a net zero home, 
and your home uses heaps of energy and is uncomfortable to be in, well, then you're in hot water as a builder. So you need a checklist that you said, I've done this and this and this and this and this, and here are the photos to show I installed things right, and there you go, you know. Um, so if you want to have access to that checklist and uh, and you can uh, and watch those webinars, you can. Um, you can contact me too, and I can uh, forward through that checklist if you're interested. Awesome! I'll put I'll put them in the um in the resources. That sounds great because I yeah. think that that sounds like uh, the undercover architect community is very savvy, likes having insider knowledge, and I know that mm. they'll find um, information like that super helpful, so that they can actually embed it into their interview process, and then also embed it into their contractual process with the builder. So, but you're so right. Like finding a builder who's actually passionate about it in the first place, your road to the end result will be <laughs> a lot easier to travel. Easier. You'll have if, somebody if they're not talking board. about it, yeah, if they're not talking about it on their website or then you know if they're still just talking about how nice their kitchen bench is <laughs> yeah find another one there are a lot now it's it's just so heartening you know for, for decade for over a decade i felt like i was alone in the wilderness you oh. know? and it was hard to hard <laughs> to meet up with him yeah, <laughs> last last um but no look they're and, and everyone's trying to show um that they're greener than the other person and and uh it's and I think their hearts are in the right place. You know, builders don't want to build homes that are just carbon nightmares. They don't. They want. Don't want to leave that legacy. Um, and so, if you if you find a builder who's actually thought about it and and is a prideful builder, they will already have um, taken it on board and trying to do their best. So yeah, follow follow people who are talking about it. No, it's brilliant. So. So Builders Declare, whole of house ratings, anything else that you're super excited about before we finish up? Oh, look, I, I'll just let you know there's a there's a super exciting competition um, coming out that Design Matters is, is running for designers and thermal performance assessors. So uh, it's on everything we talked about today, but oh. I won't let the cat out of the bag yet. It has <laughs> not officially been uh, announced, but it's something that um, I've been working on with them. And I, and I have to thank Design Matters National. They... They are really committed to wanting to be leaders in sustainability and um, to get the information out there. So, oh, that sounds tremendous, Jeremy. I can't thank you enough for your time and your generosity. You've got a huge amount of experience and expertise in all of this um, this subject matter, and you've shared it so generously with the undercover architect community. I'm so grateful for your time. Thanks, Amelia. It was lovely to chat. And that's it for part two of my conversation with Jeremy. And you've now heard the whole interview that I had with him. I really do hope that you found that super helpful. I think Jeremy does a great job of creating, as he calls them, rules of thumb to really help you work towards simplifying your decision-making process in achieving a sustainable, energy-efficient home with your carbon footprint in mind. And if you've enjoyed this, please let Jeremy know. I'd love it if uh, members of the Undercover Architect podcast audience reached out to Jeremy and said thanks for what he shared here. Um, He's got such a big focus on education and improving the industry overall. And so I hope that you did find this conversation uh, really interesting and super helpful for your project. Now, remember, you can access a free downloadable PDF transcript of this episode by heading to www.undercoverarchitect.com forward slash 233. That's the numbers 233. 
I've also put links there for you to learn more about Jeremy, about Positive Footprints, to be able to see their Carbon Zero Home series and the standard plans that they have uh, and the other services that they provide. And then I've also got other links that we mentioned and helpful resources for you. There were a few things that Jeremy mentioned as further learning that you could do. I've popped those in the resources as well. As always, thank you for tuning in and for letting me be your secret ally. Until next time.